Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. This is NBA Today, hosted by Malika Andrews, live from Los Angeles. Coming up on NBA Today, two historic franchises were back in action last night, the Lakers and Sex in the City. So which one had more drama? <laughs> I know the answer to that one. We'll hey. discuss. And Nikola Jokic, no Joel Embiid, no spoilers, Rudy Gobert, they took center stage on Thursday. But who takes the top spot in Big Perk's big list of big men? And we couldn't have a show without talking about Steph Curry. Why breaking the all-time three-point record will be a family affair. NBA Today starts right now. <laughs> Happy Friday, everybody, and welcome to NBA Today. I'm Malika Andrews, joined by Chenea Gumake, Kendrick Perkins, Ramona Shelburne, Zach Lowe will be joining us in just a bit. We said which one's more drama. It's Sex in the City, but I'm not going to spoil Don't it. Don't say I'm not, not going to spoil it, so instead, let's take a walk in Memphis, shall we? Hey, let's hey, do hey, it. On the because on the, the Lakers, Street. LeBron James, let's do it, Big Perk. They're visiting the Grizzlies last night, and in the first quarter, the Lakers, they were up by two, Cheney. They showed some flashes. They showed some real flashes, and this is the type of buckets that we broke down yesterday. Easy ones, that's what you need with LeBron James and Russell Westbrook. Look at that finish! You thought, okay, this is going to be a good night for them. And then, it continued a little bit, right? right. Anthony oh, got, Davis. Yeah, was it was yesterday Thursday Night Football? That was a touchdown pass right there. Perfect. 20 points, 10 rebounds, right 11 assists for LeBron. The fifth player with 100 career triple-doubles. That's nothing to sniff at, but neither are the Grizzlies. Oh, and they tried to run it back here. Touchdown to interception, y'all. Interception. Interception. Yeah. Interception. And, and it's really <laughs> difficult. You know, the Lakers, this is one of those games where you, you have to say it's early in the season, but at the same time, man, tough finish right there with the left. All right, like... Are they going to be able to pull this one out without jaw? Like, these are those non-negotiable games that you have to win. But instead, the momentum was carried in the second. Well, and LeBron had five turnovers in the game, right, Janae? So there were some issues taking care of the ball. And Memphis, they are not to be sniffed at right now. Jaron Jackson Jr. Yes. Yeah. He has been doing all that and a bag of chips. What kind of chips, Perk? Uh, Ruffles. Ruffles. <laughs> Since it was AD, he got the commercial. <laughs> he had him a bag of AD He's Ruffles. He's sensational. Sensational. Uh, Speaking of AD. And look at that. Four people in the paint. That's cold. That's a great stop, but man, you needed that one. They oh. icing on the cake. Y'all, this was not the Lakers' night defensively. This was not their night, you know, with how loose they were with the ball. And the Memphis Grizzlies continue to win games that they need to to buy John Morant more time. Grizzlies go on to win 108-95. Here's Frank Vogel. There was just too much of a casualness to uh, to our approach, you know, after we got that early lead. It wasn't even a huge lead. You know, our biggest battle, our biggest problem this year is consistency. Take one step forward, okay, we, we fall back, and we have a disappointing performance. we got to find a way to catch ourselves from that. But we just got to play the same way. Not hard, in my opinion. Individually, we all got to own up to what we do, understand what our jobs is on this team, and then we have to execute it. You know, that's our biggest problem right now, consistency. You know, we come out certain games and don't play how we're supposed to play, and we got to be a more consistent team if we want to truly compete for a championship. We got to fix it quickly. We got to play like we're the underdogs. At this point in the season, the way we're playing a lot of games, we probably are. 
So strong words from the Lakers, and I, I want to focus on a couple of things we just heard from Anthony Davis specifically when he said that L.A. should be the underdogs for the remainder of the season. And in more of that sound, he was talking about how Los Angeles, everybody gets up to play the Lakers' big perk. Do you agree they need to have that underdog mentality? <laughs> that was a stink uh, eye. You uh, well, 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 it is. How about just being some dogs, okay? And that's the problem. How no about being no some under. dogs? Uh, you know, like when, when, when people pull up to the Staples Center, they need to have that beware of dog sign on there. Right now, they just have a come on in type sign. And it's bad because <laughs> they're not doing the little things that matter. And I'm tired of talking about the Lakers for the simple fact that they win one game. And we're like, oh, did they hit it? Did they hit their stride? They look good yep. together. Then all of a sudden, they go and lose. So I'm to the point right now that I'm tired of giving the Lakers energy until they win about five straight or go above 500. I'm not giving them no more energy. Like, this is not Anthony Davis' first time talking. He's been talking a lot about, oh, we need to change things. We need to be tougher. Our identity and all this. And then you go into Memphis. And I don't want to discredit the Grizzlies because they've been playing well. But without John Morant and Dylan Brooks, and you lose by double figures, like, you like it's unexcusable. Are you saying they're playing like Pomeranians? Didn't he bring yeah. them earlier this week? Yeah, I got a Pomeranian, but he might bite though. At least I wouldn't even say they're playing <laughs> like him. Well, I was gonna say you've these adorable, teeny little French bulldogs. I know you are. one of those. Yeah, I mean, are the Lakers at least your little French bulldogs? Yeah, right. They're expensive, but they really ain't go bite. <laughs> so you're right. My goodness. All right. Well, Chanae. <laughs> Frank Vogel said that the team was playing just way too casually. Yeah. What does he mean by that, and how does that play out on the court? Casually means turnovers and unforced errors, and the Lakers had 22 turnovers, and that is absolutely unacceptable against a team that not necessarily is going to go out there and you're like, oh, they've got this defender, and check out this tape. This was just a bad pass. It's almost like you look past the defender. You cannot do that, especially at the top of the key, because why? Easy bucket on the other end. Again, bad pass here, bad pass now again in the pick and roll. Now watch this, a lot of space to operate and read. Dwight Howard is not even looking at the ball. He has a mismatch. He's looking at the rim thinking Russ is gonna shoot. So that's just, you know, bad communication through play. And then lastly, bad ball handling, loose with the ball. This is why, you know, Frank Vogel says casual. Now look at this, four defenders back versus two, maybe one and a half. And you can't even stop the ball in transition. Oh, these are mistakes that teams that have real aspirations and don't want to just say, oh, let's just turn it on. Like, mistakes that you nip in the bud right now. Right. And that's, you know, Perk, you're absolutely right. We've heard AD step to the podium and say, you know, yeah. this was the wake up and then come back. And I do like that he's vocal, but at some point we have to see it with their play. How bad do you want it? And, like, we're seeing so many cases of young players in the NBA stepping up with opportunities while people are sidelined. Got to tighten to get back to biting, right, Absol Perk? Yeah, uh, balls. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Ramona, yeah. what are you hearing about how they fix this? Yeah, I mean, look, I, I was texting with Rob Palenka last night after the game. Just take the temperature, right? Yeah. How, how worried are we? And, and I think there is a sense, like, they had a great game against Boston. You yeah. saw the, what that team can be. But last night, he just said, I, I thought we locked an edge. We lacked an edge. I mean, that's that, that's another word for casual, okay? Yeah. And, you know, they're, they're back prepping for Oklahoma City tonight. Let's see if they can beat the Thunder, because they haven't this year. Right? I mean, they're, they're second night of a back-to-back. -back. And the thing that got me about this game, you said it before, 22 turnovers. That led to 27 points for Memphis. Memphis was on the second night of a back-to-back. -back. 
The Lakers were at the beginning of a road trip, should have been rested, coming off a big win against Boston in L.A. So, look, I host radio here in L.A., guys, and, and all we were talking about yesterday was, have the Lakers turned the corner? Ooh, you finally saw glimpses. Mm-hmm. At some point, people just get tired of waiting for you to show some consistency. Mm. This, you have veterans on that team. You guys like LeBron James, Anthony Davis. They, they're just not consistent, and I don't want to, like the talk is the talk at this point. But we've heard speculation about Frank Vogel. That's external. I can tell you there is internal speculation about whether this is on him. If that, if a coaching change would change any of that. Right now, that's not where they're they're looking because it, casual. There's an ed, their lack of an edge. That's not on the coach. Right. Well, but I don't want to act right like this is all about just the Lakers and their side of it. Mm-hmm. I don't want to say, oh well, the Lakers they're struggling just so much that the Grizzlies picked off a win. No, the Grizzlies have been impressive. They have won six of their last seven games, and that is all without John yep. Morant. So I want to bring in senior writer Zach Lowe. Zach, on your podcast, The Low Post, you talked in depth about Memphis. What's been the key to their run without Jaw? Wait a second. Uh, I get to talk about the team that won the game without yeah. its best player and another, and another starter. I, mean, I get to talk about that team, the Memphis Grizzlies. Awesome. You're what a we've winner. is Jaron Jackson Jr. is ma- Jaron Jackson Jr. is making a leap on both ends. That means a huge amount to Memphis' future. Desmond Bain is for real. If Desmond Bain is coming at you in the open court, get out of the way because he is going to run you over as he lays the ball in on top of your head. And defensively, this team is number one in defense in the last seven or eight games of the NBA by a lot. They were towards the bottom before. They've gotten some opponents who've been missing key guys. Oklahoma City was missing everybody in their 73-point win. The Mavs were missing KP and Luka on and on. But this team is defending harder. And I do think I do think a connected question to this is, can John Morant get his defense to the point where they can defend like this when he plays too? Because that's the last part of his game. And look, it's early for John Morant. He's already a superstar. But that's the last part of his game that when they really want to get serious, when they really want to contend, he's got to be as dialed in as everyone else on that end of the floor. But this is... This is a team with a healthy culture, a deep roster, and they come out and compete every single night. And yeah, they won the game. (laughs) Yeah, they won the game, and they have looked Mm -hmm. impressive over this stretch. We mentioned that the Lakers are playing Oklahoma City. Do I see a Dort Oklahoma license plate somewhere behind you, Zach? What's going on over there? That's a long story, and it's a reference to a Simpsons episode from long ago (laughs) that no one on this panel will get. I think I might get that. And so no one is going to make fun of me about it. No one's going to make fun of me about it. (laughs) What? Ramona's got it. I think it's the cat, Dart, right? Isn't that one of the cats on The Simpsons? I'm, I'm just checking in. Right. I'm just checking in on what's, no, on what's no. going on Move behind on. you, Zach. I, I got you, Zach. I got you. <laughs> you said you were, you were tired of talking about the Lakers. Yeah. Done talking about the Lakers. Do the Grizzlies. You've been pushing Ja all season long. Did they make the cut for the big perk teams he wants to talk about? Absolutely. And, look, we're talking about a team that went to the playoffs last year. Went to yeah. the playoffs. And, look, I understand they went against a, a, a good Utah Jazz team, but they gave them a challenge. And when I'm when I'm looking at this team and how they're Jaron Jackson Jr. is finally looking healthy. He's finally living up to expectations. When you add up John Morant, the way he was playing before he left. Now what's happening is is that all the others, the Desmond Baines of the world, is getting confidence. So when you add John Morant to the equation and he comes in, Stephen Adams is fi- fi- finding his rhythm. Them, look, they're, they're going to be a hard out because they're getting into the playoffs this year. Well, Not the 8th seed, 7th seed. They're going to be in. 
grit and grind. It's a culture yeah. that's been the way that they've been playing, even without John Morant. You see Jaws jokes on Twitter. Are they better without me? No, it's going to be interesting <laughs> to see them kind of all ja, ja come like, together. Jaws was like today, he was like, somebody edited him, he was like, all they talked about was the Lakers, and they didn't talk about Memphis. I say, well, watch NBA Today. I hope you watching, Ja. We giving y'all y'all credit. NBA Today, we, we like the Grizzlies on this yeah. show. Well, so we, like, we like Steph Curry, and he is taking aim at the three-point record tomorrow night in Philadelphia. Cheney breaks out her cheat yeah. to tell you how he'll break it and who is the king of the big men. Is it Joel Embiid? Is it Nikola Jokic? Or is it Rudy Gobert? Big Perk has a process, so please trust it. Plus, it is the best of the best. It is the top of the top. It was the week that was. Will this buzzer beater half court game winner, will that make the cut? And day to day rolls on after the break. That was nuts. Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyeho Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. It's V-Week on ESPN as we continue Jim Balvano's Fight Against Cancer. Welcome back to NBA Today. So this will be close to home for both Kendrick and Cheney, the big men. Mm -hmm. They were on full display across the league. So let's start with Nikola Jokic and the Nuggets visiting the Spurs. Jokic was doing it all, Cheney. I mean, nice little tip in. This guy, he does not quit on plays, and he will surprise you with his lack of but still got it athleticism. But check that out. Beautiful pass. I love the read to pump fake. That's beautiful basketball led by one of the league's best. Again, tri triple-double. What? Triple-double in three straight games. Tied for the longest streak in Nuggets history. It wasn't quite enough to beat the Spurs. Splash. Spurs win 123-111. But let's take a look at two big men going up against each other as the Ooh, Jazz yes. and the 76ers. Rudy Give me Gobert, this Joel Embiid. And I love this. Look at his mobility here. Dribbling like a guard. Big part. Crossover. No one's going to come in the help side. Maybe only Rudy. But, like, look at the handles. Effortless. That's why you want him to stay healthy because he's so talented. And then we've got, uh, oh, yeah, that was a nice one. Did you see the left? Like, that was not easy to f throw that up there. But then again, like, this is, this is where it was lost. Like, good defense. This is what I live for. And... Joel gets frustrated. Well, and you were saying that Rudy and, and Joe, Embiid, they take these matchups personally. Oh, so yes. Eventually, Embiid would be given a technical foul for his outburst. He was kind of chatting with that's the ref. The Jazz would win 118-96. Yeah, that's why I love that matchup. Rudy Gobert after the game. I'm motivated every night. Uh, people love to take shots at me for no reason. Uh, it's funny because I never take shots at anyone, but I just do my job, come in every night, and... Uh, I think when you're, the, when you're the best in the world or something, you know, people get, become insecure. And that's, uh, you know, I'm just going to keep going, keep playing for my team and uh, keep getting wins. He's 
said the best mm -hmm. in the world. All mm -hmm. right, so let's break it down a little bit because we have big perks, big list of big men, and so I had to wear my big shoes. You, you see what it is? Look, if you are small or a guard, then damn it, this ain't for you. This is for <laughs> all the big men. And with a guard-driven league right now, it seems like the bigs are taking over, and I'm about to list my top three bigs. I had to leave DeAndre Ayton off, but he's on their heels like a pair of socks. At number three, I'm coming <laughs> in with Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert averaging 16 and 16, shooting 72% from the field, and we know what he brings on the defensive end. Just Look, just being 7-4, being 7-4, protecting the basket could possibly win another defensive player of the year award or this year. Or according to Yeah, I mean, yeah, you know what I mean? He's he's doing his thing. I don't know, you know, why y'all say Gobert, but it's Rudy Gobert. You see him at number three. Gobert. Number two, run it. The big Philly, Joel and B. No Ben Simmons, no problem. Keeping him right in the mix of things. And he's fresh off of COVID and still handing out 40 pieces. Look at it. He's a center, but he does guard things. He's so skilled. Look at T-Mac edition right here. He's not afraid of the moment. And he's been closing in the fourth quarter. You see he's making others better around him. Look at the step back off of one leg. A little dirt KD in this game. Get down low, I ain't scared to bang, I'm bringing a passion. At number one. That's the bar. Yeah, you heard that. I heard that. Nicolo Jokic, the big fella, all team wag body. He don't have the definition in the cuts, but he got the skills. Look at the footwork. What? Putting people in the blender, passing, making guys better. Matter of fact, the best passing big in NBA history. Knocking down threes, he does it all. Look at the no look. Been averaging a triple double over his last three games. Look, come here, Rudy. You too small. I'm going to give you the up and under. Defensive player of the year. Big perks, big list, big man in the building holding it down. Can I add, can I add what? a little Go ahead. No, no, you got this, bro. You got this. But what I love about Rudy, go, how do you say it? Rudy Gobert. Gobert. Yeah, you got to put Gobert, that. Five games a season with at least 20 rebounds, which is crazy. Yeah, 21 last night. Joel Embiid. Talk to uh, He's really tightened up his assist to turnover ratio. And then you talk about Mr. Triple Double. So, um... I co-signed this list. Oh, I co-signed this list. Mm -hmm. He said it is co-signed. You didn't mention, you mentioned DeAndre Ayton. He would, if we were doing fourth, he may be hovering around there. He's Honorary questionable message. with a yeah. non-COVID illness. But this is a list we're going to see again, Perk. So we'll see if this reshuffles, if it stays the same. But while we're here, it's all right with you guys since we're already at the boards. Let's just do the top of the top from the week that was. And let's keep it with the top lob. So we're going to start in Houston where it's been a great week for the Houstonians and the Rockets. Love it. And that was beautiful. When there's no help side defense, you can just throw it up there. Y'all watching the live. I'm watching how many fans are finally at the game yes, in amen. Houston. There's been so many empty seats in Houston. Amen. But look, they're bringing life back to the Toyota Center. And that's some real I hang time. I see you rocking nation. That's some hang time. Well, and then we also have to check this You love Time Lord. Uh, Y'all could call him Time Lord. I'm going to call him Robert Williams. I think Time Lord is the worst nickname in, in the <laughs> NBA, but he did go up for the lob of underrated center. I love you, Robert Williams. Don't I ain't calling you Time Lord. Like well, from what you think is the worst nickname in the NBA to arguably some of the worst jerseys in the NBA, right? Let's go to top blocks in Miami. Bobby Portis. Oh, look at Bobby. Woo! You see Bobby? No yes. Brooke Lopez. No... Giannis on the bench. Let me anchor this defense. I thought Tyler Harrell was going to do it, though. He had, like, the parting of the Red Seas, but guess what stopped it? Ah, me. Ah, me. <laughs> I love that. I'm sorry. Well, and then that. we have the human highlight, Evan Mobley. Don't even remind you. Uh, you know what? I'm going to say it. 
On the defensive end, he reminds me of a modern-day Bill Russ. I said it on draft night, and I'm going to double down on it. Look at the young fella. And he doesn't foul. He doesn't That's foul. so crucial for And he keeps it in play. Especially for such a young player. So top buzzer beaters, Kelly Oubre Jr. has been a presence off the bench all season long. He's been balling. He's been balling. He's been balling. He has. And I love it. So many different stories of players, especially, you know, with the Warriors that have that, like, little short pedigree with them. Redefining themselves. Oubre, Wiggins. I like to see guys stay resilient and help their teams. Well, and they have so many players in the health and safety protocols right now. Other guys are going to need to step it up. And then in the Bay. I can't. That's just too I can't. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm just so watch sick it. of this dude, man. One leg I mean, runner off the gloves. And he meant to do that, though. He's like, been doing like, all year. No, but I'm saying he meant to bank that. Oh, I get what yeah, you're saying. Yeah, yeah. Let's take a saying. look then at the top slams in San Antonio. Drew Eubanks. Catches a body. A body. Hey. Oh. Yaddy, 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 yaddy. My goodness. Look, look at the little sneaky hops. <laughs> and then he did, he did a mini stare down. He yeah. did a mini stare. Let's, yeah. let's, let's look for it. it uh, his first dunk of the season. It like, oh, good. I saw you. Yeah. I saw you. Charlotte <laughs> Noel, wrong place, wrong time. Back in Charlotte. Oh. I think it's always funny when like you fall afterward. It's like, bam! Yeah. It's like, oh snap! But then you feel good about it. it it's like he surprised himself almost. Yeah. By the face. Night. He has. And this one you just need to enjoy. The top game winner last night. What a show Purdue and Rutgers put on. Wasn't this the first time that uh, Rutgers beat a number one? Bam! On the men's side. Oh, look! Look, Euro step to the game. I believe that is correct, Shanae. Yes. Is Ron Harper somewhere in the building? I know he got to be a proud father. This is a 100%. proud. This is a proud moment. I'm that, telling wait, you. Was that two-handed? I'm telling you. Anytime you watch Look your son hit a game run, it's a proud moment. Can you do that? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. All right. Easy peasy. <laughs> All right. Coming up on NBA Today, the chase is on for Steph. But we tell you why Seth might be the most important Curry in tomorrow's primetime matchup. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. It's Philadelphia versus the Kings of the NBA's Western Division. Bracing challenge, embracing Barbie. The Warriors, the season's Cinderella team, but Philadelphia is as tough as they come. We gotta do this together. Let's go take this game.
Rivalry renewed in Philly tomorrow night on ABC where Steph will take aim on the all-time three-point record. And here are the odds for when he'll break it. That's according to Caesars Sportsbook. Tomorrow is plus 425, but he'll, of course, need to make 10 threes in the game to do so. So for more on Steph's chase, let's welcome back in senior <laughs> NBA writer Ramona Shelburne. And I'm curious, Ramona, how is Steph preparing to be the all-time three-point king? Well, you know, he tried to make 16 of them last game <laughs> and tried maybe a little too hard. I was talking to Steve Kerr about it. He goes, yeah, I, I think he tried a little too hard last time. And so just relax and let it come. I mean, mm. he's one of the most natural shooters. Just let it go. Just let it come. And one of the things I think is amazing about Steph is he, as great as he is, he's going to be the all-time king and he's going to put some distance behind, in front of him and everybody else. But he's still trying to get better at shooting three-pointers. I don't know if you saw this. There was a story in the Wall Street Journal a couple weeks ago, and it had this incredible stuff. Like, Steph believes in good makes. So it's not just enough to make a three. You have to make it in the smallest part of the rim, so in the middle part of the rim. So when he was practicing this offseason, he, he, he shrunk the rim so that he would make it so it didn't even hit the rim or didn't hit the side of it because that's, how, that's a good make, and that means you're going to be even better as a three-point. Like, so if it hit the rim, he wouldn't count it as a make? He would count it, but he was trying to aim for the make. smaller cylinder, right? He's already the best. And, and just, this is going to be the next accolade on the list of people. That's how good best. people get better. Right. It's unbelievable. So on the other side of the ball, though, how are the Sixers preparing to guard that? Well, um, I texted somebody in Philly about that very question. So how, how do you defend Steph? And uh, I got back the emoji, pray. <laughs> okay. I mean, look, they, they think they have enough good perimeter defenders to switch and press up on Steph and then try to funnel him into the middle of the lane. And they'll live with him trying to shoot against Joel Embiid in the lane. Okay, mm. um, This is where a guy like Matisse Thibel comes in. Yeah. And, of course, if you put Thibel on Steph, they're going to try to switch it. This is what everybody does. To, this is what the Warriors do to everybody who has a lockdown defender. But Thibel is one of the best at blocking shots on jump shooters. Okay? Look at that. He doesn't foul. He blocks the jump shot. And so it's always in the back of your head, especially for a guy like Steph Curry. He doesn't get blocked very often. But when you got a guy like Thibel who can do that, it's always in the back of your head. Well, and he's also said, Steph has said that Seth is one of the best on-ball defenders of, of Steph that there is because they grew up together. Of course. And so he knows all of his tips and tricks. But at the same time, when I asked Seth about that yeah. and when he was giving advice to Thibel about this, yep. he said, sometimes you just can't get too mad at yourself when he makes it anyway, even when it is good defense. On to the next. Exactly. <laughs> and on to the next. Shanae, I, I hear you might have a cheat sheet for us on Steph, maybe? Homework time. This one is going to be so much fun, and we can't say this enough. Steph is 10 threes away from owning the three-point record. Just 10? Just 10. So, so big perk. The big question is, when will he get it? Well, that probably depends on who is guarding him. So here's the number you need to know. Hit me with the producer Schwartz. All right, Philly is up next. And versus one of their defenders, Steph has his longest average field goal distance on attempts. Meaning, his average shot versus this guy is 24.6 feet away from the basket. That makes 78 or so percent of his shots versus this defender, deep threes. So do we know who this is? Can we have like a little bit of a, a drum roll? It is his baby bro. Seth Curry, isn't that funny? Um, so the record could come down to his brother's defense and probably Thibault's as well, but that's crazy. Let's take a look at their past matchups. Perk, this is gonna be fun because this is some backyard battles. It is. The best way for Steph to get a shot is before the defenders, you know, set up. Yep. Look at the distance right there. Because so deep. That's what he do, pull up and transition. Before they get set. Now, Absolutely. If the, if the defense is set, okay, brother on brother, now you need some help. 
Doesn't matter. Stuff can still get it. This yeah. one, 28.5 feet. Yeah, you call this the cheat sheet. That's just cheating. There's nothing that you could do about that. But you seen Seth drop this. This is my like, favorite one, y'all. This is my favorite one. This is the backyard. Disappear, everybody. Eye to eye brother contact. on brother. Look at brother the eye to eye contact. And he's trying. He's staying with them. Then behind the back. Oh, what? 28 feet from the basket. Doesn't matter. All buckets. This is what I love about this matchup. Can you imagine, you know, growing up, you're having these backyard battles, mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden you can make history and you're, you're Steph Curry, but in reality it's like, who's guarding you? It's my brother. It's going to be a special moment. I think it's going to be a team effort. But overall, I mean, if I were in this, I'd probably, like, give my sister this one. I'm like, this is going to yeah. be fun. My dad's going to be, you know what I mean? We gotta talk, I'm going to take the L. Uh, we got to talk about this because I, I got to backtrack. I don't think it's happening. Uh, I did say the Knicks, but it would be fun for the storyline. Right, Malika? I, I think it would be fun for the storyline. Plus, right, I mean, <laughs> looking at those, the backyard battles, I, I love that. And no one ever says this, but enough about Steph. I don't mean it. I don't mean it. But enough about Steph. I, I do want to bring in senior writer Zach Lowe because in your weekly column, Zach, Draymond Green, he got top billing. Why was that? Everyone talks about Draymond Green's defense, and yeah, he might be the best defense player in the NBA, but a big part of Golden State trying to reclaim its throne is that he's become a threat on offense again, and not as a three-point shooter. That's over, but he's attacking the rim. Look at this. When defenses ignore him, look at Paul George. He's not even pretending to guard Draymond. Draymond knows that. Draymond's seen that defense a million times. Look at all that open space. Instead of just sitting there waiting for a handoff, Boom, he's going to drive and he's going to drive hard. And that opens up this swing-swing sequence. Andrew Wiggins having the best season of his career, by the way, under the radar, hits a three. And that's the thing with Draymond. He's shooting 60% at the basket this season. And he's attacking the rim with confidence. He's having some acrobatic finishes. He looks bouncier. And look, they can't get where they want to go if he's a total non-threat on offense if he's just a passer he's got to be able to score 10 12 points attack the rim and he's doing that and it's a huge underrated factor i think in why they're 21 and 4 or whatever astronomical record they have <laughs> well and draymond has said it's gotten quite a bit of attention right that he wants to get back to that defensive player of the year caliber but he also wants to get back to that all-star caliber draymond he said and so far on both ends of the floor we're starting to see that zach one other bit of warriors news according to Woj, steve kerr will replace Greg Popovich is the head coach of USA Basketball. Up next, the World Cup and then the 2024 Paris Olympics. And I cannot wait. And you can see Steph chase the record versus the 76ers on ABC and ESPN. Our coverage begins with NBA Countdown at 8 Eastern, 5 Pacific. Coming up on NBA Today, the toughest guy in the room, it's Kendrick Perkins. He stars in the toughest segment in sports television. Let's get it. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Don't give up. 
don't ever give up. And that's what I'm going to try to do. Every minute that I have left, I will thank God for the day and the moment I have. It's V Week at ESPN, and our partnership with the V Foundation highlights the urgent need for cancer research and the elimination of racial disparities in cancer outcomes. You can learn more and help support by visiting v.org slash donate. A hundred percent of your donation goes directly to cancer research. Fun doubleheader tonight on ESPN. Nets Hawks get us started, followed by Celtic Suns. NBA Countdown will start it all off at 7 o'clock Eastern. So let's break down this doubleheader here. Chanae, what are you looking forward to about the Nets Hawks game? Of course, we're giving Big Perk the Celtics game for the East Coast Nets Hawks. I'm looking mm. forward to two of the top five scorers in the NBA. Number one, we know Kevin Durant at 28 points per game is oh, leading the points. Fifth. Probably, you know, we're not surprised, but I'm glad he's this high. Trey Young at about 25 points per game. In their last 10 games, both of these teams, the Nets and the Hawks, equal records, 7-3. and three. I like those uh, sneaky numbers in there, so I'm looking to the perimeter, even though we've been holding down the post all show. Well, and you mentioned it, Janae. We can't have a Celtics game on ESPN and not mm. ask our big perk about it. So what are you looking for in this game, perk? The others, the others. I'm looking for the others from the Celtics to match guys like Mikael Bridges, JaVale McGee, uh, Jay Crowder, because we saw that, like last game against the Clippers, we saw B.J. Boston come out and have a career night against the Boston Celtics. So I'm looking to see if Grant Williams or Josh Richards or Dennis Schroeder can step up to the plate and help them win the game in a tough environment in Phoenix. All right, Perk. Well, we also know you always have your eyes on those gritty type of things, mm -hmm. the not mm -hmm. cute type of place. So are you ready to get after it? Yeah, and I've been hearing you and Sinead today talking about spilling the tea. This is not the Real Housewives. If you think it is, this is not for you. This is for people who watch Shark Week and Swamp People. Let's get it. <laughs> who getting in the grind? Here we go. First up, my guy, Dylan Brooks, hitting the floor. Ooh, going to no look. Look. Oh, uh, for the yam. To Desmond Bang. Oh, oh. Well, I don't know what that dance is. It can't be crip walking, <laughs> but there's something to that nature. No, that's, no look. that's the crip center. Not yeah, the okay, walking. okay, cool. But he dunked that. Look at the no oh, look. And, and he showed his fade. I like the fade on with the braids and all that. Look at a light-skinned dance. That's what it's called. Okay. Here we go. Marcus Smart, he tends to get on everybody's nerves at times until he does plays like this. Check him out, hitting, the, hitting on the floor. He sparked the comeback, although the Celtics didn't win the game. This is why people love Marcus Smart. Down there in Boston because the plays Marcus Smart down there in Boston <laughs> because he plays like this. Ooh. Smart. Here we go. Little. This is how you earn minutes. Not being afraid of embarrassment. Because remember, he just caught JaVel McGee on the poster. Some young guys would have moved out the way. Oh, that was nasty. <laughs> That was nasty. But look, some young guys would have moved out the way. Get up off the floor. I'm going to get that. This is how you earn minutes. This is how you earn playing time and get in the rotation. Chauncey Billups should have been showing it on film all day, especially for Portland. Maybe talking about oh, let's little, get but that was a big play. Is that how we do it? Like, that's the energy? Let's get it? Like, like, I mean, I just gave you everything. Okay. You're more much energy. I'm starting to All right. So let's get it. Yeah. Coming up, <laughs> LeBron is no longer at the top of the top in the latest MVP ranking. Oh. NBA Today will take a closer look at the poll's top five and will make a case for who should be considered MVP next on NBA Today.
You're watching NBA Today, live from Los Angeles. I'm Stephen Curry, and you're watching NBA Today. Burn! Got it! Oh, my goodness! It's like, I got it like that. Not tomorrow. Steph Curry in the shooting zone like very few have ever been. It's NBA Today. Absolutely ridiculous. There's never been anybody like him. I usually let my play do the talking. Bang! <laughs> You are watching NBA Today, and big surprise, Steph Curry is on it. Steph is the heavy favorite to win MVP with plus 130 odds. That's according to Caesars Sportsbook. And he's also the runaway favorite in Tim Bontemps' MVP straw poll of 100 media members that he conducted from December 3rd to December 6th. Curry got 94% of the first place votes. That's the most by any player in any of the eight straw polls Bontemps has conducted since the 2016-17 season. And Steph also got four second place votes, and he also got two third place votes. And along with Curry, Kevin Durant, and Giannis Antetokounmpo, they were the only players listed on all 100 top five ballots. KD checks in with second at 61 second place votes. That's followed by Giannis in third. And LeBron James has long been a staple in the MVP race, but for the first time in any of Bontemps' eight straw polls, he did not receive a single top five MVP vote, and that's despite 14 players being listed and at least one of the ballots. So I want to rejoin Cheney and Perk here at the desk. I want to get Zach Lowe back in for this conversation because we just said it. Steph Curry is the overwhelming MVP favorite, right? But I want to make a case for someone else to win. So Zach, let's start with you, my friend. This is easy. Giannis, 27, 12, and 6. One of the five best defensive players in the world carried the Bucks when all four of their other starters, all four, were injured. The Bucks, and there's more, the Bucks are plus 12 per 100 possessions with Giannis on the floor and minus 11 when he sits. That's a 23-point difference. That's crazy. If they finish first in the East, this isn't like some pie-in-the-sky case. If they finish first or second in the East, Giannis is going to have a real MVP case just because he's won twice before doesn't mean we have to get tired of voting for him again. He's been spectacular for a team that has been depleted. Well, and he said, don't call me MVP and again after the first two times until I won a championship. Now he's won a championship. Cheney, same thought, different thought, non-Steph. I want to give some respect and love when it comes to MVP conversation to Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant has been spectacular. And there's this really interesting instance where I believe his team is 9-3 and three in clutch time based on him leading the NBA in scoring at 28 points per game. So when the game is decided, you know, around five points towards the end, they usually get the win. 9-3 and three in that scenario. It's really impressive. So my love right now for MVP, apart from Steph, mm. goes to KD. I, I was just mad that Zach said it's easy. It's not easy because... <laughs> Yeah, you saying if Giannis and the Bucks have the number one seed, well, who has the number one seed right now is Kevin Durant. And look, Steph, Steph is not that far away from what KD has been providing. KD is right on his heels. And when you look at Kevin Durant, and, and look, I know he's leading the league in scoring, but James Harden has really been inconsistent and is, has, and is having one of his worst careers. And when you talk about one of his worst seasons of his career, when you talk about the defensive end, yes, we give a lot of credit to Giannis, but you know who we don't give a lot of credit to? That guy, Kevin Durant. He has been leading this team. They're top five defensively right now. 
third in efficiency. So when I look at KD, you can also make a case for, to vote him number one for the number one candidate as MVP. Well, and in Tim Bontemps' poll, Giannis, Kevin Durant, they both came in second in the amount of votes that they were getting mm. to be potentially like, all right, maybe he's the top billing guy. I mentioned it earlier, but LeBron didn't receive any top five votes for the first time since 2016, 2017. Again, this is just a poll. We're still early in the season, all of that stuff. But I got to ask it. I got to ask it, Zach. Is LeBron James still a top five NBA player? You know what? I'm grandfathering him in. Here are the top four <laughs> right now. We just talked about Steph, Giannis, KD, and whatever order you want to put him. No one talked about Nikola Jokic yet, which is disrespectful. He's leading the league in basically every advanced stat. He's the best pass to be a man ever. The Nuggets are nothing Zippo without him. He has a real MVP case. I don't even want to hear about what their record is. Don't yell at me, Perk. No yelling. And after that, look, I'm giving LeBron the five slot. Kawhi's hurt, and, and you can tell me all the other names. Luka, AD, Harden, Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert, the Suns guards, on and on. You can name all of them. I'm going to forget people. None of them have played well enough this year for me to yank LeBron down from five. So I'm giving him five because he's LeBron freaking James. All right, grandfathering him. Perk, I saw you humming and hawing a little bit. Well, well look. Embiid. He, I forgot Embiid. I forgot Embiid. Embiid's the other one. The no, voice so, from beyond. So it's a, I, I just want to make it clear. It's a difference of being the MVP candidate and being a top five best player. Mm. And when you look at LeBron James, he's still t a top five best player in the NBA. And I mean, you can't deny that for what he brings to the table. I mean, he's still a guy that's going out there and get you 25, 7, and 7 every single night at the age of 37. And, and right now, you still could no, nah, I wouldn't say that because the Lakers are trash. But at the end of the day, LeBron James still a top five player in the NBA. Yes, when, when the circumstance is right, you know, his health permitting, because what did he miss, about 12 or so games? And we've only been around a quarter of the season, mm. approaching 30. So that removes your chances of being considered an MVP. But there are a lot of guys out there that, like DeMar DeRozan, his start to the year, and I think Chicago was mm -hmm. second. What are they, like 17-9 and nine or so? Uh, yeah, 17-9 on the season. There are a lot of guys that have had improvement years. So I think in the context of MVP, it's very different than top five in the mm. NBA because when he steps on the floor, they look better. I think his circumstances with his team, the Lakers, that's what hinders his case right now. So, Zach, do you expect if this poll were to be conducted again in a couple of weeks, a couple of months, when we're more in the, the midst, the throes of the season, that LeBron's name could be on the list of Bontemps, the people he's polling? I mean, it could be on the list, but I think the distance he's got to make up to the other top three and four guys is just enormous right now, particularly how bad, given how bad the Lakers look. So it'll be on the list. It could be on the list more. But I, I think the LeBron MVP ship for this season has sailed. Mm. Well, just to recap, here's a look at the full top five in Bontemps drop hole with Kevin Durant and Giannis following Steph, and then the reigning MVP, Nikola Jokic. We mentioned him, Zach. He's fourth followed by one of the Suns guards, as uh, you put it, Zach, Chris Paul. No disrespect. So before we go to break, I do want to take a moment to pay tribute to Demarius Thomas, who died at the age of 33. He was a first-round pick for the Denver Broncos in 2010. Thomas earned five straight Pro Bowl selections and a Super Bowl ring throughout his illustrious career. And Thomas's quiet demeanor, it belied a burning desire to achieve what he routinely called 
everyday greatness. This kind of loss, it goes well beyond sports, it goes beyond specific lines, and all of us here at NBA Today, we send our thoughts and our love to Thomas's family. We'll be right back. Live from Los Angeles, welcome back to NBA Today. Oh man, I can't wait. You can see Steph chase the record for the 76ers on ABC and ESPN Perk. Our coverage begins. D. Jones, I'm coming to the cigar lounge. With NBA Countdown <laughs> at 8 o'clock Eastern. You think it's going to happen, Perk? I mean, truly, in your heart of hearts, is it happening on Saturday? You know what? I, was, I, I just spoke without really thinking, and I thought about it. Doc Rivers is a guy that's full of pride, and he's going he's to preach in it. The Curry yes, he's family a, Doc Rivers is going to preach in his locker room and say <laughs> he's not getting that on us. And them guys go come fired, fired up, and he's not go get it. Basically, he's saying not today. Yeah, yeah, not today. When do you have it, Zach? Are you watching this weekend? When, when is Steph? Is it? Is it? And is it about when, or is? Are you more looking forward to just the moment taking it in? This is what it's going to be. I feel like it's almost here. It's been such an inevitability. We all know he's going to break the record. He's going to be a thousand ahead before we know it. But I think it's two games. I think he needs two games and it's done. Two games. So that puts him at your initial. That was your. Was, it, was, it my, was that the Knicks? Is no, that, Indiana. Oh, Indiana. I think he rests. Indi- no offense. Oh. I think he rests. Rest Indiana. So you think. It comes so back. whatever two games that he plays. So it could be the Knicks. Yes. It could be against Indiana. So mm-hmm. we're kind of going to see that play out. In order for. What, what type of looks is he going to need to get to? Is it early he's and got, often? Is it. You also me break it down. He might need ISO looks with his brother guarding him. But no, that's not going to happen because what you mentioned about the yeah. 76ers, they're great at switching on the perimeter. That's been one of their strengths the last few years with their length. And so they have a great identity out there. I would, if I am competing against someone making history, I am making sure they don't they don't do that. They're not making and history against And this is Philly. Like, Philly. Like, it's going to be fun. The energy will be great. Philly fans are different, Perk. Yeah, they're not going to be screaming MVP chance in there for him. I guarantee you that. Much. Well, and Philly. you heard what Tyrese Maxey said the other day when when uh, when Seth was asked about whether or not he was going to break the record against them. Oh, yeah. Seth was kind of humming and hawing and saying, maybe, Zach, just maybe. But no, Ty- Tyrese Maxey said, no, nah, that's not happening against us. You know why? Because Tyrese Maxey is a Texas boy. Born and raised, we built different. Amen. We ain't having none of that Bay Area stuff in there. Oh. Well, there is <laughs> Texas versus the Bay. We had a great show. <laughs> I do. One other game that I am going to be watching this weekend, though, is going to be on ABC. ABC is airing its first ever regular season women's oh, college yes. game. I love it. I love it. UConn and UCLA. Oh. So that's something that I'm going to be tuning into. But first, I am heading to the Bay for my grandfather's birthday. Yay. The best city, Big Perk. We will see you on Monday. NFL Live is next. 